Welcome to Become the Me I Want to Be, the podcast that helps entrepreneurs like you focus on driving your personal growth, building your positive energy, and giving you the support that you need to achieve your goals so that you can win in life and succeed at home. So welcome back to part number two of the interview I did with Gavin Oates. Make sure you bring that pen and paper because... Gavin's about ready to drop some more golden nuggets here right now. I, and I think I made a mistake here with my question saying, okay, so how, how can you teach kids to shine? And actually, that's the question now that we're talking about is, no, that's not the right question because they're already shining. So how can I, as a dad, make sure that my kids continue to shine for the rest of their lives, right? Because that's that's what what you mentioned earlier. As adults, we we, we shine when we're little, and some for some reason during the, our journey, we lost our shine. How do I make sure that that doesn't happen to these crazy little bundles of joy? <laughs> I, think, I think I think you've just answered it. It's lots of joy, lots of happiness, lots of craziness. I think it comes back to the same core principles. It's values. It's kindness. I think I think my parents always encouraged me to believe that I really could do what I wanted to do. I they encouraged me to go to university, and in some ways, I wish I hadn't. I wish I hadn't gone to university and just got on my path a bit quicker. But if it wasn't for going and training as a teacher, I wouldn't have met my wife. I wouldn't have met the guy that I did stand up comedy with, and all that sort of stuff. So yeah, I think as parents, we have a, a duty to help educate our kids to remember that we get one shot at this and the world is a, a big, exciting, but scary place. And the more we do, the more we explore, the more fun we have, the better. And and we're the ones that are taking the shine away because that's exactly what a mom like that does. She's on the phone, she, she, you're killing your child's shine. You're showing that that's life because we are their heroes, either bad ones yeah. or good ones. It doesn't matter, bad, good, whatever it is. We are their heroes and that's what happens. So talking about heroes, man, it's not one of the questions I have, but we're talking about it now. What do you do to make sure that you are the best hero possible for your kids? I have to make sure that I am fit and healthy. I have, over the last, I think the last three or four years, I've allowed myself to focus a lot more on my physical well-being as well as my mental well-being. I've taken up running. And mm. I think I need to make sure that I am here for them. I need to make sure that I'm as fit and as healthy as I possibly can, that I am the best role model for them that I possibly can be. I want my kids to be who they want to be, but I need to make sure that I am happy and I am healthy and that I am here for them. I, I lost my dad, not when I was a child, but it was a, a few years ago now, and he, he died in his early 60s. And it's just nowadays, it's just not, it's not old. And that was from a, a very aggressive form of cancer that is very much caused by poor diet and poor fitness um, mm. and it's one of those cancers unfortunately that they tell you is in, in the genes so I think I need to, I want to be the absolute best superhero to my kids that I possibly can be but I also want to be the best sidekick and actually this is something we've written about in, in the new book I wrote a wee piece for that where I'm all for the superhero thing but recently I've been thinking well ha hang on a little minute what about the sidekicks what if kids don't want to be a superhero what if kids are happy being part of a super group or a super team ah. as opposed to the individual that's held up there what if they're happy being a sidekick to someone because if you think about superhero movies the sidekicks are the ones that 
people joke about them. The cheeseburger, Robin's the salad. But yeah, I, I want to be the best sidekick to my kids as well and make sure, I, I just want my kids to have the best, be the best version of themselves they possibly can be. My son is very sensitive. He's a, he's a thinker, he's a warrior. And I know that's come from me. Mm -hmm. um, because this is something I've struggled with forever and ever and it's my career is what's helped me to to learn from that and deal with that and be better at not worrying and getting anxious about stuff but I can see it I can see it in my kids so being present I, I, I know I've said this already but I, I'm going to keep coming back to that now with my kids it is absolutely being present and knowing that they are loved and knowing that they are allowed to go and make mistakes mm -hmm. and just don't be a dick though <laughs> Um, I think that's it. You know, lots of kindness, lots of respect, but they also need to understand that don't be a dickhead. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. That's <laughs> um, uh, talking about mistakes, right? Because that's one of the things that uh, that I'm struggling a little bit with. Because it seems like at school they teach him like well, you're not allowed to make any mistakes. Yeah. And my oldest, my six year old, that you just seen, man, if he makes mistakes, if it's not perfect right away, then. <laughs> we go in a wrong path. He gets upset, he starts crying, he doesn't want to do it anymore. And how do you go about, because I keep asking people to hopefully get some new ideas of what I can do, but how do you go about making sure that your kids just keep making mistakes and maybe enjoying mistakes, because nobody enjoys making mistakes, but learning that making mistakes is just part of life and that, that that's what makes us grow, right? Yeah. Actually, it's interesting. It's a topic that is being discussed more and more here in Scotland within mm. the, the education system. And actually, I think in Scotland, they're, I think they're very good at this. Uh, again, I, resilience has been a real focus in Scottish education for a number of years now. I think it's, whilst it's still a bit of a buzzword at the moment, it's no longer a buzzword here. It's, it's almost, we're looking for the next word now. But I think teaching kids that it's okay to fail, every major successful entrepreneur talks about how important it was to fail you know, I mean, we, we, there's the famous quote by Thomas Edison about trying a thousand times and, and sticking with it. That was not the right quote, by the way, but I paraphrase <laughs> it. Uh, but uh, like I say, in Scotland, actually, we're getting pretty good at it. This idea, it's not about encouraging kids to fail. Of course it's not, but it's from a very young age teaching them that it is okay to not succeed straight away. Where we've got it wrong, I think, in Scotland is in sports days in schools. I don't know what it's like where, where you are, but in many schools for younger kids uh, in Scotland, uh, there's no winners and there's no losers. Uh, so if you cross that finish line first in the 100 metre sprint, you, you don't get a gold medal because we're all winners. Yeah. I don't think that's right. But in school to be, you're allowed to win the maths prize and you're allowed to win the chemistry prize. So I'm not sure why at a younger age you can't come first. I think it did me the world of good as a kid to not be first in the running races. Mm. Don't get me wrong, I wanted to be first, always, but I wasn't fast enough. There was guys who were better at running than me, and I think kids need to know that we can't win all the time. We can't get it right all the time. So I think it's just educating them from a, a very young age, but that has to come from not just the parents, it has to come from the school as well, because they get to that age where they spend more time in school than they do with the mm. parents. And if you're at home saying one thing and that's not backed up by the school, then the stuff you're doing doesn't work at that point. It's a hard, it's a hard one to answer. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Think, uh, you know, my kids get upset when they fail, when they get told that they've not done something well enough.
but it's just how we communicate. It's using the right language. It's helping them to develop that growth mindset. Mm. You know, and when people are doing well around you and they're getting it right and you're not, be inspired. Allow yourself to be inspired by the people in your class that are getting it right. Encouraging our kids to actually go and speak to those kids and ask them, how did you do that? How did you get it? What did you write? What did you say? How did you train for that? I think I think quite often it's the opposite that happens. I think even at a young age, we can get very jealous and a bit bitter and angry about people who are better than us at things. But I think the way I talk to my kids is about don't be jealous, just learn from it. Go and talk to them. Ask them, how did you do it? And if you can take one thing away from what they tell you, good. Yeah, absolutely. It's a, it's a hard one to answer. I don't know if there's a right or a wrong, and there's probably a million things that we've not discovered yet. No, absolutely. We're always, because of course, it's, it's a very important topic and everybody deals with it in a different way, teaching their kids a different way or not teaching them at all. Yeah. And yeah, I, heard, I, I, heard a phrase, I heard a phrase recently that is probably quite common, but I hadn't heard it before. And it was in a corporate business setting. And I was asking this chief exec about their team and what happens if they make mistakes. Now, we're not talking mistakes that cost the company billions or anything like that. But what happens if we make mistakes? And she said... What I tell my team every day is don't ask for permission, ask for forgiveness. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if there's a, there'll be a way to put that across to kids, I think. In other words, just go and do it. And do you know what, see if you get it wrong, it's fine, we'll, we'll get it sorted. But there's still too many parents and teachers out there who, if their child gets something wrong, we get angry. Mm -hmm. No, absolutely. It's a tough one though. I, I caught myself the other day that's why I came up and I'm talking a lot about it lately because I'm really looking, okay, how can I make sure that he makes mistakes and he's okay with it? And then the other day he spilled milk by accident and it went over me. <laughs> and I was, I was in the thought, so I wasn't paying attention. So your first reaction is like yelling or yeah, yelling his name. Jago! And I'm like, oh, wait, calm down. Yeah. All right. What yeah. happened? And he's like, oh, I'm sorry, daddy. But you know what? It's okay. It happens. Daddy spills yeah. milk all the time as well. So what do we do next? Like, I'm sorry, Eddie. Okay, so that was first step one. What's next step? Okay, so now let's go clean it. It's okay. But I started remembering, okay, I didn't always do that. Like before, I would get really upset when he spilled something because that's your innate reaction as a parent. And I'm like, but wait a minute. I'm actually confirming the fact that you shouldn't make mistakes because mistakes making is bad because that's what it is. It's just a mistake. You just made a mistake. Yeah. So yeah. That's why I keep asking about it and learning and realizing, man, I got a lot to learn still as a dad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's it, man. What I also want to talk about a little bit, which is part of us being dads, right? Nepeners, um, relationships, relationships with uh, our wife, with our kids. But let's talk in this case, especially about uh, the relationship with our, our wife, because what you mentioned, you're just in the beginning stage of, well, you were in the beginning stage of your business, you were traveling a lot, and then you also had kids, so a lot fell on her. Uh, you already mentioned like she's the Mary Poppins, but how do you make sure that maybe not that she stays Mary Poppins because that's her thing, but that she, that she knows that you love her, that she's appreciated and that you're in this together and shining as a couple as well? Yeah, I think the biggest lesson I've learned is my role around the house. Mm -hmm. I am terrible when it comes to putting a washing on or emptying the dishwasher or vacuuming the house. And I learned a long time ago in our relationship that if I don't get that part right, then I'm going to have a problem. My wife, my wife knows I love her. She's not one, if I shower her with gifts, she's not interested. Mm -hmm. you know? um, I can take her out for beautiful meals or weekends away, 
she's not interested. Well, that's not fair. <laughs> that's not the thing. It's, it's the other stuff that's more important. It's me pulling my weight. If I've been away for three or four nights, it doesn't mean I come in and just lie on the sofa and watch television. Mm-hmm. Because she's been with the kids. She's also a full-time worker. She also has interests. She's a musician out with being a deputy head teacher of a high school, which is a full-on job for anybody. Mm-hmm. A thousand teenagers you're responsible for. So the biggest lesson for me that I've learned over or throughout my marriage is that I have to pull my weight. It's, it's not. It, it's and I, I'm slowly getting better <laughs> at that one. But I think my wife's amazing. Klaus, she 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 really is. If I go back uh, to when I bought the business, when I led the buyout uh, in 2009, March the first 2009, it was at that point that I was also getting back into stand-up comedy. I had a little bit of time out from that. And I was in a show with two other guys. You know, we were at a triple act. It was a sketch show and it was lots of characters. And of course, if you're serious about making it in the world of entertainment, just like in the world of business or anything else, you have to give it your all. It, it mm-hmm. requires your time and energy. Now, at that point, we had uh, a very young son. Mm-hmm. And for the next three or four years, I gave my business and my comedy career everything I possibly could my wife was absolutely amazing with that she let me she she let me do that she she was bought in she supported it she valued it she knew that it made me incredibly happy it was it's i i am at my in terms of my work i am at my happiest when i'm on a stage in front of people in one-to-ones i find it more difficult this i actually find quite difficult believe it or not i'm not a social animal but put me on a stage for some reason I'm in my comfort zone. I pace up and down backstage and I think, why am I doing this? I could have a normal job. I could be at home with my kids. But one, once I'm on there, I just, I come to life. And my wife knows that. And she's known me since I was 18. And she's seen real lows, real highs, dealings with success, dealings with failure, dealings with real anxiety and stress mm-hmm. and worry. And I know that to repay that, not that she asks me to repay it, but for me to repay that, I have to love unconditionally. I And I have to play my part. I have to, yes, she's mum, but she's not house cleaner. She's not tidy upper. She's not, the, I have to make sure I'm supporting her in every everything, not just treating us to a nice holiday. That's not mm-hmm. the important stuff. That, that's the lovely stuff that we can do. And we're very lucky that we're now in a, a stage in our lives where we can go away for a weekend or we can our cottage in the highlands of scotland and just go away the four of us but i think the most important part i'm going to come back to is pulling my weight and making sure that i am contributing in that way exactly yep yeah absolutely agree um i'm still improving on that as well and my wife used to wake up extra early and prepare the the food for us so we had lunch and dinner ready and I actually told her last week when we went on vacation for three weeks, uh, and we, my boys and I, and my wife had stay here for her full-time job. And I actually told her last week, I said, you know what? You're not going to do that anymore in the morning. Let's not do that anymore. Let's, if you want to go early to work, you can do that, but let's not do that anymore. I'm going to cook. I got, I, I, I can cook. Anybody can cook. It's not that difficult. Yeah. I just don't like yeah. it at all. Uh, but yeah, I absolutely know where you're coming from. The one thing I was struggling with in the beginning, and maybe this uh, you'll go, oh, yeah, I know that one. Pulling my weight, but more with the intention to get something in return. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so it's like, 
So now what I'm going to do is I'm going to clean the house before my wife gets home. So she'd be extra happy. And then maybe I get some extra later on tonight when the kids are asleep. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, th- I think that's the mistake that I- I'm going to say most men, maybe not, it won't be all men, <laughs> most hus- husbands and partners do. You know, like my wife, she could have put on the last three washings, made the last three meals, uh, hoovered the house, vacuumed the house the last three times, done a bit of gardening the last three times, and I empty the dishwasher. And no. I'm like, I've emptied, I've emptied the dishwasher. <laughs> and, and she's like, do, you, yeah, what, do, you want me to, do you want me to celebrate and thank you for this when I've done all of this stuff? So, yeah, there's a learn. I think for all guys there, and do you know what? It goes back to what I said earlier on. I, I think I got to a point where I realised I was being a bit of a dick. Mm. Uh, with, with with that part of our relationship and it's not cool so yeah i i need to i have got better but i i am definitely needing to get a little bit better on that side of things as well i i leave the house earlier i'm home later uh it's not used because mm-hmm. she works full time exactly yeah absolutely um <laughs> i love your honesty as well i really appreciate that and you just mentioned your new book just came out zest Right so there. how to squeeze the max out of life yeah we, let's talk a little bit about this what's it about and what's why did you shine is just to me it's like fantastic if i would would, would ever write a book like shine for me it'll be like okay i'm done <laughs> i can hang it up yeah, yeah. so i yeah, the other definitely book? i found it i found it quite difficult to start on the second one i think it's you know, in music they talk about the difficult second album and I think that was very much this for me. So it's interesting because it's Shine 2, but it's not Shine 2. It is, but it isn't. On the back of the book, it talks, it talks about this idea of basically recapturing that zing and zip that we had, that freshness and enthusiasm. A bit of a wake-up call to search our soul and shake things up and bask in that warmth of glorious individuality that so many of us have forgotten about because, again, we've just become society. We're, we're a... You know, we're a, a generation of people who are just staring at their screens, walking around with their heads down, and it's this idea where we need to, you know, we need to lift our heads up again. They talk about when life gives you lemons, make lemonade. But yeah, but when life gives you lemons, it also gives zest, and the zest is the bit that makes your face do this, and and that's what we need to do in life. So yeah, zest, it's super exciting, and we've got we've got Will writing zest with us as well that helped with the uh, the brilliant kid book. Because obviously it's me, Andy, and Will. So Will came on board for Zest as well and just add something different again. Mm. Such a, a beautiful writer. Um, like Andy's a proper author. Will is a proper writer. Uh, mm. I, I'm some sort of crazy mess that's somewhere <laughs> on the outside that just throws stuff in that just is bizarre and somehow it all clicks and molds. So yeah, really excited because it's literally out today starts arriving in the post for people today it's in the shops today and it's that moment where you, you start to worry about how people are going to uh receive it uh, because yeah. as you've alluded to the reception for shine was just mind-blowing people all over the world getting in touch telling us that this is the book that's changed their life that's saved their marriage mm-hmm. that's led them to fulfill their ambitions that they've always had and that that for me is a big deal. And when we wrote Shine, I said, if one person reads it, that's not my mum and they love it and it truly makes a difference, then that's enough for me. So to know that there are literally th- thousands, tens of thousands of people around the world who are feeling that way is amazing. And I hope that Zest just nudges that on a little bit for everybody. It's similar, but it's different. 
And it's, I'll share one little bit with you, if that's Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Love it. There's a, a, it's just a very short bit that, that I wrote for Zest. And it's this idea, and I think this kind of sums up the book for me. And, and it's quite interesting because you were talking about milk earlier. Yeah. For me, life is very much a big bowl of Rice Krispies. Do you know what I mean by Rice Krispies? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you imagine a big bowl of Rice Krispies on their own, you've not added the milk yet, just on their own, nothing else. They are bland, they're beige, they're quiet, they're still, they're boring. They're not exciting until you add the milk. And then what happens? They snap, they crackle, they pop, they fizz, they bang, they whiz, they move, they do they do this, they come alive, they float. But if we don't get stuck in to the cereal, if we don't devour it and top it up and refresh it and occasionally put some sugar on it, then it turns soggy, it turns to mush. It just becomes a bit meh. And then you don't want it and no one else wants it. So if our life's are like a bowl of Rice Krispies, if our life and our careers and school are the Rice Krispies, that makes us the milk. And if we don't get stuck in to life, if we don't devour it and top it up and refresh it, and sometimes whack some sugar on it, sometimes we have to sugarcoat things. If we don't do that, then life becomes a bit soggy, a bit mushy, and it becomes a bit meh. And then you don't really appreciate it, and neither does anyone else. Mm-hmm. So one of the key messages in Zest is quite simply, be the milk. I really um, enjoyed our talk. Um, I'm going to put up your website real quick, GavinOatsit.com, so people can can check you out. And I highly recommend it. I highly recommend people getting the books that we've shown. One for your kids. Brilliant kids, right? I'm working on it. And then Zest and Shine, <laughs> right? I highly recommend it. Uh, I read Shine, and I'm actually about to start again. Uh, I need to refresh my mind. Um, oh, brilliant. I remind myself that I need to start pulling the, the paper roll joke more often. What are other good ways for people to follow you besides your website, or is it just your website that's the best place? No, so I'm quite active on uh, various platforms. So Twitter is a great one for me, and it's just at Gavin Oates. It's my full name, G-A-V-I-N-O-A-T-T-E-S. I have a speaker, my professional speaker page on Facebook, which again is just Gavin Oates, and Instagram, which I think is Gav Oates. Maybe not quite my full first name, and things like that and, and so on. But I'm most active on my Twitter, my Facebook, and my Instagram. However, I am trying to limit that at the moment. It's very easy to spend your entire day just... Yeah posting nonsense so i try and make sure i post useful helpful stuff and just some nice be motivational bits but uh, yeah that's the best way to engage with me fantastic in the description you will find all these links and you can just check them out and get connected with gavin keep following him and i'm assuming you also post your dates and your places where you speak i do there's the vast majority of my speaking dates are closed door events like businesses booking me uh, so yeah absolutely people can all uh, find access to that mainly on the social media side of things Fantastic. All right. So again, Gavin, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Everybody else, thank you for being with us for a time. And I keep reminding you, if you've joined us and you got some golden nuggets out of it, make sure you write them down. But most importantly, take action. Start shining. Get the book. If you think, oh, yeah, I need to shine more, then get the book, read the book. And then again, same rule. Don't read the book. Find something that really can inspire you and, and then take action. And that's the only way to really start shining and really start enjoying life to the fullest. I'll see you guys very soon in another life. Have an amazing day and goodbye.
Thanks for listening to Become The Me I Want To Be. And be sure to join the Facebook group where we have a whole community of like-minded individuals moving forward in their journeys. A link can be found in the show notes. If you're looking at taking your growth and achievement to the next level, then let's set up a coaching session right now. Just click the link to book your transition call. Till next time, come on, say it with me. I'm becoming the me I want to be.